Hello and welcome to our podcast, Pretty for an Aboriginal. I'm Nikki Louie. And I'm Miranda Tapsell. And we're here to talk about all the things this country has trouble talking about. Like relationships, sex, dating, being a total boss, weight and most difficult of all, race. Maybe our um, film and TV industries to blame. Yeah. 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 They see, they see the, the, the blonde, blue-eyed beach babe and that's it. But Australia is much, much more than that. Okay, let's start. Hey, Taps. Yeah, yeah. If you got to choose a male lead opposite you in a rom-com, who would you choose? Oh, my God. I can't thank you for asking me this question, firstly. I think I've got I've got three. Can I tell you my top oh, yeah, three? Yeah. Um, not in particularly in any order, but Donald Glover, Jason Momoa, and Jesse Williams. Oh, the guy who like... made that really beautiful speech, where he said, uh, "The thing is that just because we're magic doesn't mean we're not real." Thank you. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> is that like I what he you. says to you at the end of the rom com? Um, yeah, he tells me that I'm magic and I go, oh, my gosh, really? <laughs> Do you know who my my ones are? I'll, I'll just say yours? mine What's just your to one, even Nikki? it out here. Can't be all about Miranda. No, I'm teasing. Uh, Riz Ahmed. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're, He's gorgeous. We're in like the same Facebook group. It like freaks me out every time we like post. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, Rihanna. <gasps> yeah. Uh, Carrie Black. Who plays Big Boo from Orange is the New Black? Oh, I don't know why. It's kind of really attractive. And uh, Mark nice, Ruffalo. nice. Yeah, Mark I like Ruffalo. them all. I like all of these people. Woke daddy complex. <laughs> My love interests are all over the place. <laughs> My rom com interests. That's okay, babe. That's all right. <laughs> you know, we need to break the heteronormative thing. Yeah, I don't and know what kind of movie it is, but it's a very interesting movie <laughs> and a movie that should be made. Um, do you have a checklist for dates? Um, mine's more like like they, like things they can't have, and it's pretty. It's just like you can't be a racist. You can't. Well, yeah, that needs to be first. Yeah, you <laughs> can't be like uber capitalist. No, um, usually no. Share it around. Just like, like, don't just keep all the wealth to yourself. I don't like, know. help people out. I don't think it worked out for people in like Patrick Bateman's life, for instance. It, it really didn't. Um, even though yeah. he's a fictional character. But yeah, no. I mean, it'd be great if they were funny and tall and had brown eyes and weren't racist with amazing abs. <laughs> well, speaking of all of those very attractive things, we should introduce our guest. Yes. Okay, so apologies. I'm about to butcher his name, but he kind of gave me permission. Um, <laughs> blessing, Makola, and Akadaz. That's, that's really good. It's that's good? really good. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> apologies to his family. Uh, and Akadaz are two of Australia's hottest actors. Woo-woo! <laughs> uh, yep, I'm having to roll up my sleeves here. Um, and <laughs> increasingly they're being cast as the love interest. Mm. Welcome to our podcast, guys. Thanks for Thank having you. Us. You guys should always do an intro for me everywhere yeah. I go. Can I record intros from you guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just play it on your phone. Yeah, yeah. As I walk <laughs> around the city. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But you guys should go check out their uh, Insta or, or Twitter accounts because I did a bit of a Google and I have to say there were some pretty gorgeous pictures of you guys coming up. <laughs> Woo! I think BuzzFeed is going to have like a sexual harassment case on the camp of this podcast. Oh, God. But you, you do have some great abs. Blessing. Um, yeah, How'd you, you get kind them? of scared me a bit when you said Google. Um, <laughs> 
one of my uh, one of my fears is that my mom's gonna Google me at some mm. point. That's, that's <laughs> kind of scary, but it's it's I, inevitable. That's what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she probably has, but you know, she's she's kind of kept it under wraps. But thanks, Nakia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on my abs. They're not there yet. They're not like know. blessings. <laughs> You've got some two, pretty two good is plural, arms. right? That's abs. Ab, yeah, ab. I'm working on my ab. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> one big one. I don't know. Um, just I could do like a, a visual description of you both. <laughs> okay, go for that. let's do it. People, for those in the studio, I think you should do it. I think you should do it. Just actually, I'm not that good yes. a writer. That you have beautiful arms. Oh, now you're nice. both in a new medical drama called Pulse, uh, which I'm sure your abs and your arms both got you rolls in. Uh, and your character Blessing is kind of like a McSteamy meets Jesse Williams kind of guy. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty spot on, I think. Yeah. What's it like playing yeah. the hot guy? Uh, playing, did you say? <laughs> <laughs> or just playing or just being? being? <laughs> uh, it's all I know. It's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's been great fun. It's been great fun. What what characters, like, do, do you two aspire to be leading men? Is that kind of what you hope for? Um, what do you think, Arka? Yeah. Like, is that, what, is that what you, is that what you hope your career will be one day? Hope so. I mean, I've never really feel, I don't feel like I've played leading man, but like, I mean, uh, yet, but I feel like if it went that in that direction, it would be quite interesting and I think for viewing purposes but also like just to have sort of like different nuances in what a leading man is I think it's kind yeah. of good to open up that kind of you know the, those doors and see what what else you can get out of your classic sort of leading men which kind of mm. have defined cinema and television for so long I think it'd be nice to really yeah see what it would be like if you know um people like Blessing or myself or others um yeah play those roles they might bring something else that's quite interesting to to them. So I, I hope that, yeah, it does head towards that direction. That would be great. But, um, yeah, it's also kind of fun to play interesting non-leading man roles too, I think. Um, sometimes more interesting. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, what I, I'm, I'm going to throw this to both of you. What is what is your – what are your dream roles? Do you have dream roles? Look, I, I just want to do good acting, you know, like good really acting? cool shit. Yeah, um, everything, everything. That's awesome. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've probably got like a few checklists. Like I have to play a superhero at some point. <gasps> yes, I need to be the next Storm from X-Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yes. It needs to happen. I'm yes. sorry. That's I can see touch. that. I can, you so can see that. I can that. see it too. I can see it too. We talked about this once. <laughs> yes, we yeah, did. Yeah. Yes. I tell Aka yeah. all my dreams. I want to be Storm. I want to be, what else? Yeah. Who else? <laughs> no, I'm asking you guys. <laughs> okay. you it's, oh, we're the guests. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what, um, like, like, yeah, what superhero? Well, it's funny you say that because literally before <laughs> we came on, um, Blessing and I were talking about me being Spider-Man just because we were talking about um, like the new Spider-Man. Like, you know, talking about like Spider-Man keeps changing and it's like yeah. kind of cool. It's going in different directions. And then there's this thing I read today about um, Riz Ahmed, who's this uh, Pakistani English actor. Yeah, yeah. He was in the he's Star Wars, really well. oh, wasn't he? Yeah, he's like, he's like my celebrity crush. Yeah, yeah. He's yes. Great. Oh, my goodness. He's, so... he's doing really well. Oh, and, like, my. apparently there's talks about him being in the next, um, like, Venom spinoff of Spider-Man or whatever um, with, like, Tom Oh, Hardy. my goodness. So, yeah. And then I was like, sending that to Blessing being like, look, that's – I was just with the crying, like, crying emoji. Uh, <laughs> And then he was like, no, you Is that you the emoji be... you use a lot? Yeah, yeah. That's my emoji. Because I think it expresses like severe, like 
you know, um, happiness, happiness and... and sadness at the same time. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, so I'm not a superhero fan, guys. Sacrilege, like <gasps> I know. No, I fair just, enough. Yeah, I'm not like the. I just don't find like. Where do we go from here, Nikia? <laughs> Where do we go? Where does our friendship? Yeah, it's just not my I don't understand. Like you know, like I was, you know, I worked at a video store. I was like mm. a fat kind of Aboriginal kid with a lisp. You know, I'd like to like mm. like. I'd like to be like a, I don't know, like an Aboriginal Woody Allen without the creepy vibes, right? So that's interesting. That's kind of like, I'd like to see diversity there. But I guess like the reason I bring this up is because like, what is it about superheroes that is so interesting? Like why, why do you want to play superheroes? Well, I, I, um, I always say this, um, because my brother, my brother's, um, studying to be a surgeon. Uh, and he kind of helped me with uh, with my role in Pulse. And I always say that uh, medical professionals are real life superheroes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and and that's that's literally what being a superhero means to me. It's being someone who's got this this gift or ability, and they can use it to do a lot of good. Mm-hmm. But when they make mistakes, the results are just as as massive as you know the good that they could do that's that's what being a superhero is yeah it's not necessarily about the abs or anything it's 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 um it's the ability to do things that other people can't do and and hopefully help people with it with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the pep Pretty talk much. you gave your brother? <laughs> yeah. you, you stuff up. You, oh, you better not stuff up. <laughs> he doesn't need a pep talk. He's, he's actually, he's, he's, he's three years younger than me, but he's, um, I think he's a little bit more mature than I am. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> is kind of scary. <laughs> but he's a doctor and you're an actor. So there you go. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Tops? Like, why, why Storm? Why, why not, Storm? Why not, like, a scientist who works for NASA? Um, I think... Halle Berry. I think because, one, Halle Berry. <laughs> and, um, two, I... I feel like I feel like in a superhero model, um, people can believe that people from minority groups can, whereas for some reason in reality they just don't <laughs> seem to believe that like people from minority groups can achieve greatness. And all of a sudden when they're put in some sort of fantastical context, they go, oh, my gosh, like who would have thought, you know what I mean? Like and... And so maybe just I think it's not it's not every role I want to play. Like I don't want to play a superhero in everything, but I guess just you know, and because I'm tiny as well, people think, oh well, you mm-hmm. you can't, you know. I just I just want to lift. I'd want to be able to like lift a crane, and people would be scared of me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, cool. I'd, like just to throw <laughs> it from one end of the like from one end of the street to the other. And would you would you be an Aboriginal Storm or would you play Storm Ooh, as like African American? Oh, well, did you know that there is actually an Aboriginal X-Men called Gateway? <laughs> nerd nerd really? moment, everyone. <laughs> where do I find yeah. this? Yeah, what? Yeah, get, you know Gateway, Blessing? No, no, no. Where do I find it? I've, I've never heard of it. Look up Gateway X-Men and you will see that he takes the X-Men to all different dimensions um, around the place. Like they're res- he's responsible for getting them around everywhere. Oh, That's so cool. he's the driver. There's an Aboriginal character in there's here. A, there's an Aboriginal he's driver the, in here. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It was an 80s comic. <laughs> All right. 
What's, what's your super superhero power? Oh, I serve the white dri- people. Driving people. Oh, <laughs> but he wasn't. He wasn't serving people. He was helping them get around. Oh, you so, shot all over Miranda's uh, <laughs> crushing, dream. crushing my oh. dreams. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you, Arka. Like, what's, what's your, yeah. what's? Oh, you said Peter what's Parker. Yeah. Oh, was it, was it yours? Blessing? No. No, I forgot. He's, um, he's surgeon. Yeah, he's a oh. super surgeon. You want it yeah. to be super so, surgeon. I've already done mine. Steamy super surgeon. Next steamy oh. super surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> he just like fixes it with his hands. Like, <laughs> but who's your like, who, do you, do you like mm. superheroes, Arka? I actually don't love them that much. Like okay. I'm not like, I'm kind of like, yeah, kind of similar to you. Like, oh, I think, okay. Let's oh, just, look, I'm not let's just <laughs> divide everyone so, up. Should we just in the drop real world? You know, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I am more interested. I feel like I would be more interested in re- like, real life stories a little bit more but I do mm. think superheroes are really exciting if they can be contextualized for like now you mm. know I have to ask you to what was it that like drew you to acting I just always love hearing people's stories of what made them want to become an artist Ladies first. Well, for me, I I found real fulfillment in just being able to explore what it means to be me and and in all sorts of facets, you know what I mean? Because um when I'm in out in the real world and I'm Miranda, people have already made decisions on my behalf who they think I am. And that's fine, you know, like I don't you know, I don't have a I don't have a major problem with that. But what I love is that I can I can do and be anything um, in a role. You know, I can explore all sorts of kind of things that the human like the human condition can offer. You know, I think yeah. that's kind of I know that sounds kind of wanky when I say <laughs> it, but no, no, not at all. But it, yeah, and also like I just went, oh wow, like I've got. I've got a voice and I can use it. Like it's it's one of those things that like I just felt really empowered and so that's why I became one. What about you guys? Blessing? Well, I, um, I'm actually an architect. Um, I started wow. acting. I was doing, I was doing um, uh, a random acting class once a week just for fun while I was studying architecture. Uh, but by the time I graduated, I was, I was actually getting – consistent work uh as an actor and um and i did a play um straight after my last assignment i did a play and that experience i realized i couldn't do anything else um by the end of that and and i've just thrown myself headfirst into it and that was um what four four years ago five years ago now that's amazing yeah yeah it was like that with me with writing like because I studied law and then I started writing and then by the end of my law degree, I was like, I paid all this money for <laughs> nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just paid write. some hex back because I did a business degree and it was like, man- like a management degree. Yeah, yeah. And oh, I my was- God. Yeah. Smart black people it's been in classic, room. Yeah. Yes. Now I feel really dumb because <laughs> <laughs> more about the business. Uh, yeah, business, then- architecture, law. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you were doing business and then you did you start acting during – yeah, I was always acting. I think I've been acting since I was like 12 or something, but just kind of doing performances. Actually, funny, Miranda and I met yeah. like about 
six years ago now. Yes, probably, six, five, years six years ago, years yeah. Ago, doing a, um, like a, a, I guess it was like a short, shortened version of a play or something. Yeah, we did a, we did a play out in Bankstown. Yeah, that was That cool. youth had, youth out there had written. But yeah, around that time and just before that, all through, all through uni and, and sort of high school, I was acting, but I just kind of didn't know what I, I just didn't know what I was doing really. I just kind of loved being on stage, I think. I remember at the Bankstown, um, when we did the Bankstown play, Muhammad, the guy that was sort of That's running right. the program oh, for the I kids. Know him. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Muhammad's wicked, isn't Muhammad he? Muhammad from Bankstown. Everyone knows him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he, he's like he's a poet too, hey. Yeah, he's a poet. Yeah, yeah he's, a writer. he's incredible. Um uh, he Australia was is a really small guy. Yeah, <laughs> Australia is People tiny. Listening to this is like, it's like all those things where you go to Canada and you're like, do you know John from Canada? Yeah, I think I was really, I remember being really, um, I remember feeling really sad when um, when Muhammad told um, us the story about, oh, yeah. he explained how first contact affected the Aboriginal people here and the students were all from immigrant backgrounds and they're like, nah, man, sorry, we, we've got our own struggle. And like, yeah, but I've, I but I've that. never experienced that before because like every, everyone that, everyone who's my friend, like who is from a non-white background just gets it. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, mm. um, it's just interesting that that solidarity wasn't, wasn't there in this instance, you know? Well, I think there's definitely a discourse there and I think it's because, I mean, I talk about this a lot with my, some of my family members and like some friends is that it's kind of like, because the, 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 I think anyway, the immigration the, sort of like the immigrants that have come to Australia, you know, say from the seventies onwards, um, a lot of them were already quite old when they got here or in their sort of thirties or like, you know, in their forties. My dad was in his thirties when he, when he came here, um, and forties. And that's, it's true. They have their own struggles when they get here and it's kind of like, like, because they feel like it's already hard enough, they kind of don't want to learn about what else has happened before they were here, which is a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think, and then it's kind of, they're kind of thrown headfirst into this community in this like country and whatever city they're in um, to like work really hard and just make money and then just like support their family. That's like all they can think about, especially some of them with like five kids, six kids, whatever. Yeah, it's um, so tricky. And they get grouped into these communities and then they just, kind of fail to learn and then what should happen is like I feel like the next generation of their family should really try and teach them and, and te teach them about Australian history um, or history in general. But I, I don't know, sometimes I guess that just doesn't happen or, you know, the discourse is quite, it just kind of starts to... And I mean, that was bit. only the, like, that's, that's only from my experience of the Bankstown community. Yeah, that doesn't reflect the whole thing. It was just Absolutely. a, it was just an interesting thing that really stayed with me, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it's because like so often when it comes to, you know, countries like for, for instance, Australia or the US where colonization uh, is so tied in with racial, like white, racial supremacy in this case, white supremacy, and that sets up a foundation for racism within uh, like structural racism within a country, that, that means that so often people, it pits people who have the least power up against each other. Right. Yeah. You know, so, so often just to kind of get by, you're having to, you know, it's it's not about the, the, the bigger power. Like you don't have time to mm -hmm. be concerned with that. Mm -hmm. Like you're more concerned with, you know, just Smaller. trying to, to, to have some type of equality, which I think is really interesting because is, yeah. uh, I think there's a similar experience there in terms of, you know, Aka, you were talking about, you know, family coming over, coming over older, mm. you know, trying to, you know, I think that's a very like typical migrant mm. experience. Mm. You know, you come over, you try and make something for your family. And I feel mm. like I'm Aboriginal, but 
my experience has been really similar mm. in that respect. My parents, you know, my mom lived on, like lived in a tent until she was 13. Dad uh, didn't use a toilet till he was like 10 because he like lived out bush. Mm. Um, and then so they got, they kind of got their, they had to work really hard, got their education later in life. So their whole thing to me and my sister was get an education, mm. you know, just have that security net. So yeah. blessing you've done architecture, ARCA law, ARCA business. I did law. Mm-hmm. Was that, do you think that was those choices were because of your parents or were they your choices? Like, do you think your family history and background played into that before, you know, going um, straight into Yeah, I, I think a bit of both, a, a bit of both. I mean, I, I grew up in Zim in Zimbabwe and culturally entertainment isn't a job. It's, it's a hobby. Yeah. You know, mm. um, the, the idea of being a professional musician or a professional actor just doesn't exist. Um, so everyone goes through the education system and then the next step, you got to go to uni and the next step you got to get that, you know, that solid job. And that's just how it was growing up. Um, so architecture specifically, that was my choice. Um, I was, I was just very, look, I had a great childhood. Um, I, I went to the best schools, um, and I literally, picked which part of the world I wanted to study. And that's how I ended up in Australia. My parents live in London. Um, and I picked the course I wanted to do, where I wanted to do it. And I, I'm look, I'm very fortunate. So architecture specifically was my choice. But um, I guess being educated through to, to, to uni, that is almost a very cultural thing. Yeah, I would say the yeah. same, actually. I would say that definitely was a mm. mix of both. Um, I think it's a lot to do with, you know, the same thing. I mean, you grow up, over, like I actually grew up, I came to Sydney when I was six. So like five and a half, six, yeah. Um, so I grew up in Bangladesh for like the first five, six years of my life. Mm. And that's, I, I have a, you know, strong connection to the roots and stuff, but also, and to the culture. But I think even if you didn't, and even if a lot of my friends who just like were born here or grew up here, but, or they were like one when they came over or whatever, they still grow up with that idea that, you know, you have to go to uni and get a degree and like you have to get an education and then get a job basically. Um, so it's, I think it's the security factor is the main thing to, to, to tick off because especially say somewhere in Bangladesh, um, you know, we have great education on sort of private levels, but I think in a public system, like it's obviously difficult because it's a quite, still a quite a poor country. Um, it's developing now, but like, you know, it's going to take ages for it to really develop a system where everyone can go to school and everyone can kind of go to uni and do well. So everyone gets out and, you know, does university elsewhere or high school elsewhere or something. So it was kind of a bit of that. And I think it's because I felt like I'd been brought up in Australia and my parents had done a lot to bring me over and really like, you know, change their life fully for me. Um, that sort of, I needed to go to university and get a degree. That's kind of how I felt. But at the same time, it's not that I didn't want to do it. Like I did want to be there. It's just, it was about what I wanted to, to study and nothing seemed to feel good or right. I do like business and I do kind of like, I've focused on management, my degree. So I do like, you know, sort of psychology of management, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where I ended up. Um, but I think it's really helped me t- with my career. I actually think that having a business degree is, or any other degree is actually quite beneficial for uh, an ent- entertainment career because you've got to also learn that it is a business when you get into it. And yeah, a lot of totally. people don't for the, the, a big chunk of their career. They don't yeah. realize that it's a ruthless business, you know. And I think that's where they may, may, may fall off or slip a little bit because they think everything's owed to them. But it's not really, you know. Yeah, yeah. You've just got to work the business. Why do you think it's ruthless? Um, God, 
I don't know why. So that was like a real know. like passion. So I was like, oh. I yeah, I'm a little bit passionate about it. I just think people need to kind of get their head around the idea that it is it is like an an industry, you know, and like that's what it's called one. And I think yeah. it's 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 got its rules and it's got its sort of like navigational, you know, path. And I think uh, once you understand that, things feel a lot less scary and risky and a lot less, um, I don't know, like you don't feel as hopeless because you kind of like, oh, I get it. Like I get why that happened, you know? So I think it's about figuring out the root cause, but I don't know why it's ruthless. Um, that's probably not a question for me. I don't know. Um, just maybe became ruthless because there's so much competition and it's yeah, such yeah. a, I don't know, it's such a, uh, like a, a looks-based industry, I guess, like yeah. an aesthetic you know, kind of thing. And yeah. that fuels a lot of competition maybe. I guess that adds to what adds to the ruthlessness of it is because it's such a, it's such a public uh, industry. Um, people feel like they have ownership for whatever it is that you create and you put out there. And, and I think it's more, it's more obvious in, in our age with, <laughs> with the internet trolls and all of that. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, I make a conscious effort to keep my, my private life, um, as separate from my business life because, you know, I, I chose this, you know, my, my partner didn't choose this. My, my family didn't choose this. So they shouldn't be thrown into that mix. But, mm. you, you know, you, people, because you've given something, they feel they can consume and, and, um, and talk about it in yeah. whichever way they feel. Yeah. And that, that adds another level of, I guess, you, you gotta have, you gotta have a, a hard shell. To be um, to be in this industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, definitely. So you mentioned, like, you know, like that's such a great point you made, blessing about you know your your um, family not having that choice. Um, do how did your parents feel when you did you have to like kind of come out to them about the fact that you were going into entertainment or? Oh. Um, no, I just, it just kind of crept, <laughs> crept in on them slowly but surely. Um, and, and they, I think, I think they've settled with it now. Um, th I mean, there were, there was quite a long time where I was working as an actor and my mom still introduced me to her church friends as her son, the architect. And I'm just oh. like, man. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's really me. cute. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, but she's she's let go of that now, which is which is great. Oh, that's good. Um, but you know what? I I actually finished the degree. Just I think I did that for them because they paid for it. You know, they actually mm -hmm. paid for 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 my tertiary education. So I kind of felt like I owed them that. So I finished it and that was done. But then I I wanted to do this for me, and my parents have always been super cool with that. Like literally, I make my own choices, and they just support me and make sure I'm okay. We have a list of people, like, of things people should know if they want to date an Aboriginal woman. Have you guys ever dated an Aboriginal woman? Oh, um, yeah, that's Do you need should... to talk to your lawyer? If, like, sorry. I, I haven't. I haven't. Well, you know what? Actually, I've got I – was, I was in Australia for probably three years before I, I met my first Aboriginal person, which yeah. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. And I struggled with that for a while because I just felt – I was robbed of the Australian experience. That's not what I expected when when I, I set out to come to Australia. You know, um, 
and and when when I did meet them, I it was I, there just wasn't enough contact for me to. I I wanted to understand. Yeah, Australia in its entirety, and I, I think I that wasn't accessible to me. So yeah, yeah that's a really. I, I, I don't know if you ladies can like shed some light on on that well, from yeah. from your perspective. For me, I felt like I wanted to be part of the real full Australian experience, and I and I didn't get that. And so, how old were you when you came over from Zimbabwe? I was nineteen. And, uh, well, yeah, Zimbabwe via the UK, but I was nineteen when right. I came to Australia. Sweet. And did you like? What did you like? Maybe before and and when you got here, like those three years in, what did you did you know anything about like Aboriginal history or like what did you did you know anything about Aboriginal people before you you know? Um, not much. Not much. Um, I actually thought I actually thought it was more mixed society here than it turned out yeah. to be and that that was a big shock for me that's interesting because uh, i had the same experience I'd really? say. yeah so yeah. i think when i was a kid i mean what i would have remembered sorry to cut you off bless no no, no, no you're uh, cool. conversation what i would have remembered is that it felt like it was i wouldn't say promoted but it was presented to sort of people in asia or you know bangladesh where i'm from or whatever i'd say larger parts of india and, and subcontinent as well um that yeah, it felt like a, it was a mixed society. Like you didn't really know of all the issues to its depth and, and sort of what was, you know, you didn't know much really. Um, and then came here and kind of studied like Australian history in high school, which is just obviously one sort of version of Australian history. And that's all you're really given, you know, and then you have yeah. to go and do the rest yourself really. So I think yeah. it's institutionally flawed from, from just if I'm going to be honest. So, yeah, you know, totally. I think that a lot of people outside of Australia don't like – Blessing. Uh, I was just bells were ringing in my head as he was talking because I was literally the same. And I had this really interesting story when I went to travel in um, Guatemala and I was traveling like through the um, sort of Mayan villages and stuff. And we stayed with one of the families one night. And I remember them asking me because I guess I'm Australian, but of color. So they, a lot of people overseas think I'm Aboriginal whenever I go and travel and they don't know if they don't know much about Australia to like that. It's happened to me like five times. That's so weird because wow. my dad gets asked if he's Indian. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I get asked if I'm or... from Sri Lanka. There you go, yeah. 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 Um, so it's very common. And, like, I've got I've been asked that, like, six, seven times at least, I would say. Um, and they were, like, really curious, that family. They were really lovely and they really, really sat me down and, like, were really curious about the state of um, Aboriginal people in Australia, basically. And so I was really blown away that they firstly wanted to know because I think what happened was over their time, a lot of other Australians had come and stayed with them, but they never got the sort of like the explanations that they were after or whatever. So because yeah. they were indigenous people too, um, yeah. they wanted to know and feel like if there was a connection between them. So I tried in my really horrible broken Spanish to explain to them how, what it was, what it was like, but I don't know how much I got through. <laughs> but No, that's I mean, excellent. I told them something. Yeah, yeah no, but it's really They were like, oh, do Aboriginal people have electricity? And yeah. it was, you know, really interesting questions yeah. because they kind of didn't know much. And they'd been given all these souvenirs by, like, all these Australian people who'd gone over there. And they were just, like, you know, fridge magnets with, like, Aboriginal art on it and stuff like that. Wow. But that's it. And they'd been given, like, boomerang fridge stickers. But, like, that's as far as yeah. they knew. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's that's really interesting. Cause, so um, it's kind of, like, commercialised and packaged overseas. I think that's what it is. Yeah. It's interesting that... Um, that you've both had that experience because I feel like when I've gone over to the US, mm. they 
have no idea how multicultural Australia is. That's right. You know, yeah, they they see the image of the tanned blonde mm. woman, like oh, the yeah. L McPherson and you know what I mean? And and um, Home and Away. Home and Away and and all of that sort of stuff. Like that's mm. kind of the images that are presented to them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think I think also maybe 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 our um our film and TV industries to blame. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. that's all they see of Australia. Yeah. It's um, a big thing, yeah. They see, sure. they see the, the, the blonde, blue-eyed uh, beach babe and that's it, you know. But Australia is much, much more than that. So who were the Aboriginal people you met, Blessing? Um, a couple of, um, I met a couple of guys at, um, at uni. Um, and, and this is another thing that kind of like left a sour taste in my mouth is that I met them, but they were at the same uni, but they had like a little side campus. Yeah. Really? And I'm just like, yeah, like they, they had their own classes and, and it's, it was weird to me. I'm just like, why, why, why aren't we doing the same thing? Again, being selfish, I felt like I I was missing out. Um, so when I when I made the choice to become Australian, um, I spent weeks in the library just studying Aboriginal history because I was oh, like, wow. look, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna become an Aussie, I need to I need to really understand um, Australia, not the Australia that's just been shoved in my face. But Australia and, and through throughout its history and 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 that helps me um, feel I don't know more Aussie than if I'd just done the citizenship test and you know. And what did That's you really learn? Good. Like, and did and did what you learn then affect the way that you saw the Aboriginal students that you met on campus? Um, yes. Um, it was, it made me very sad actually. Um, yeah. And, and another thing I, I learned years later is that um, the Boer South Africans during apartheid, they studied Australia's institutional racism to figure out the best way to implement it in South Africa. Mm, yeah. How yeah. bad is that? Yeah. 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 yeah it is so bad. And, and, and look, I'm not playing down what happened in South Africa. I mean, my 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 family's from South Africa. No one in Zimbabwe can say my last name, by the way. It's it's a South African last name. Um, I'm technically from South Africa. I'm not, and I'm not, you know, trying to water that down. But I feel like that story is told more clearly than what's happened here, and what's happened here is so much more horrific. I feel. Yeah, like even in my my grandmother's house, so I grew up in like St Mary's, Mount Druitt in Western Sydney, and that's a very oh. uh, like you know lower socioeconomic, but very very like diverse, right? And the house in which I you know uh, grew up in, they got that house back when there were like segregation laws, and you could only have one Aboriginal family mm. per block, and that just kind of blows my mind that like my family house, like my Was childhood home. One was like, like my family got there, like because of segregation, you know, laws that was, that's how recently the laws yeah. were about. It's so recent. So, yeah. yeah. Which but always I'm, baffles me how recent it is because, you know, I think about like 
stuff in like so say the subcontinent with like partition and people splitting up and all that kind of stuff and classism and racism stuff but it's it kind of feels like a while back now and the things have kind of developed from changed its course or whatever but I still feel like um laws surrounding uh, aboriginal people or indigenous people in Australia is still so recent and it's like so like it's so fresh you know and it's like that's what I think always just kind of stumps me every time I think about it because it's not a thing of the past like it's actually just still kind of within our timeline now. That's why I think like, you know, that's one of the reasons why I, you know, Miranda and I, we came up with this podcast, right, because we wanted to kind of talk about the conversations we have uh, in like a public way. But I think part of that is because so often racism depends on people not knowing the other, you know, and Mm. our narrative, you know, Australia's narrative is so white that Aboriginal people, you know, these ideas of Aboriginality are Mm. very past. So we make it look like, colonisation is, you know, was kind of in the past and, and not the present. So can I ask you a question that we ask everyone who comes on the show? When did you first realise that your race mattered? Well, I, I, I grew up in Zim and um, uh, race was very much in your face. Mm. Um, I mean, I went to um, I went to uh, very multicultural schools, but outside of that, it's very obvious that white Zimbabweans are different to black Zimbabweans. We have different accents, for example. Black Zimbabweans have a very African accent. White Zimbabweans have a very white South African accent. Uh, think of uh, Leo DiCaprio in Blood Diamond. That's, that's a white Zimbabwean accent. And we, we're in the same schools, but we sound totally different. Um, so even though we were mixed, we still had a divide. Um, so I, I think I've always been very much aware of, of, of race. Um, and, and I think that's probably why I don't get shocked by a lot of <laughs> racist things that I might see, um, around because, uh, you kind of have to pick what is worth ruining your day or your week or the, the, the times where you have to, you know what, that's, that's, that's too far, you know, and you have to put your foot down. And there's times where it's really just some drunk idiot and it's not worth your time. And, and you have to pick those, you have to pick those. And it's, I guess it's from growing up around it. It's sad, but I'm, 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 I'm used to it. I'd say, yeah, I'm similar in the sense that I've always been aware of race. The subcontinent is also like a really kind of like complex place um like a lot of people kind of gen- tend to also say like you know they generalize by saying like oh you've got like you know india and pakistan and like bangladesh and sri lanka and like nepal and they're all separate people but it was really just one big place and then it got split up so that caused a, a lot of racism within the continent you know and what happened was race there drops down into religion as well so there's like a big religious and religion and race overlap and and it's kind of like this if you can call that racism, you know, whatever it is, but it's this kind of mixed up situation. So I'm actually quite, my family's actually a minority growing up in Bangladesh too. So we're, we're of the actual minority. Cause like it, after partition and, um, in like 1971, there was a war and then Pakistan and Bangladesh got split up. So once I got split up, all the Muslim people stayed in Bangladesh. And what happened is because of, it became a d- dominant Muslim country, which it wasn't before. And um, so a lot of the minority groups, like the Christians and the Hindus and the Buddhists and all these people, they kind of left and went into India or went into Burma or went into like, you know, 
east or west. Um, and the ones that remained became minorities, I guess, and lived in the country. So I'm, I'm my parents are of Hindu background, so that you know, growing up in Bangladesh, I was also a minority. <laughs> so I've always kind of been a minority. I don't really know anything else. Um, I don't never lived in a country that I, f I only feel like I'm a part of the majority when I go, go back home because of my skin color. But other than that, I'm actually a minority in, in a sense. So it's kind of this, yeah, it's kind of this weird thing of dealing with lots of layers. Um, but then I guess I was always aware of that growing up. And then I was always, and you know, there were lots of little fights and things that were happening in another country that was you know, putting pressure on that situation. And then coming to Australia and growing up here was definitely more aware of my race for sure. But I grew up in like Asheville and I went to a really multicultural school, like a Catholic school, but it was like really multicultural. Like we had some, you know, Lebanese people, Filipino people, a lot of Sudanese people came later. So growing up there, I didn't, I was aware of my race and I think everyone was. And it was like being like hyper aware of your race all the time, which is kind of another experience, I think. Um, and then... Yeah, look, over time, I think I started to, I'd say, well, I started to understand my race and, like, what it meant to be from, you know, to be from where I was from. But, yeah, a bit complex. But I think, yeah, I'd say school is probably when I really started to be aware of it. And has acting changed your relationship to your racial identity or, or your thoughts or insight on it? I'd say it's just made me be more accepting of who I am and where I'm from and learn more about my culture and realize that like, I'm actually quite unique in a lot of ways. So that acting's really helped me kind of process that and be like, that's my strength. Like rather than I was always kind of, before I really became a professional actor, I was used to always think it was a, you know, it was not beneficial. Like I used to think it was actually the opposite of me being, because I guess I was just used to seeing a very white Australian television landscape, you know? So, yeah, and then I think over time I realized that I'm this, like, this ain't going to change. Like, I'm not going to change what <laughs> I look like and I'm never going to change that. That's never going to change. So until you're going to just kind of realize that quick, fast and then kind of get on with it. And yeah. it's almost actually works in a different way. Like you start to become, it starts to become like a strength, I think. I feel like I talk about this with, with you guys a lot. So to get the opportunity to have you come by and chat with us, I thought it was really cool. So oh, thank you. great. <laughs> we didn't get too heavy for your podcast. No, <laughs> no this is what it's all about. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, guys. say what we want to yeah. say and not apologize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but these topics are really important. And um, yeah, I guess just as long as you're really hot, you can mm, make it. That's <laughs> you guys true. have demonstrated Contrary to, to us. us. <laughs> no, demonstrate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're out. I'm out. Thank you, guys. My cards are down. Thank you so much, guys. That was fun. Miranda, I, yeah, look, I'm sorry I, I ruined your X-Men Aboriginal It's okay. Dream, surprise. It's all right. I can forgive you for it. It's not everyone's cup of tea. I just thought it was really awesome that X-Men had an Aboriginal mutant. Who it was, was really cool. The help. He wasn't the help. He was the help. Everyone's like off fighting crimes and he's like, I'll just take you there. <laughs> oh my god yes sir thank you sir <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even read the comics i don't need to i'm just looking up on wikipedia like i do with everything about life okay yeah look i'll let's take what i let's just let's leave it here and um, save our <laughs> friendship while we can um you know i think it's kind of 50 50 down the middle there with 
you know, blessing and Arca about the superheroes. But um, yeah. that was a really cool conversation. Oh, they're awesome. They're awesome followers. Um, I'm so glad we got to have them in their final episode and talking about representation. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a lot to like kind of think about. And it's kind of interesting how, you know, you and I talk a lot about like race and sex and dating, all the stuff that we've been talking about this season, but also about, you know, what is the importance of stories and creating them. And I think it's, yeah, it's interesting to see that you know, not even just within like Aboriginal uh, representation that it's, you know, around Australia that we're seeing that story change. Yeah, it's so important and we're shaping that, you know, because it needs to, it needs to change. Yeah. Well, that's it. Taps. It is. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're listening and you want to keep talking. To have conversations this country has trouble having. You can find Miranda and me on Twitter. I'm Nikita Louie. I may reply back to you uh, with a glass of wine and my fat thumb, so it may not make it, but tweet me anyways. <laughs> I'm Miss Miranda Tapp. And don't forget to share this season and this episode with your friends and tell everyone you know about the podcast, you please. Can find, ooh, yes, 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 please. <laughs> you can find it on iTunes and all good podcast apps. And leave us a review and we'll read them all, especially now that I have time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't forget, you're pretty for, for an, an Aboriginal. Pretty for an Aboriginal is hosted and developed by Nakia Louie and Miranda Tapsell, produced and edited by Nicola Harvey and Cinnamon Nippard from Audiocraft. A big thanks to our supporter, Rode Microphones, and BuzzFeed's director of audio, Eleanor Keegan, and the entire BuzzFeed podcast team. This is a BuzzFeed Australia production. Taps, are you still come visit me in Sydney now that the show's done? Of course. I'm here all the time. I know. Why did you leave? I don't know.